The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. And today we're so lucky to have coming to us all the way from that mecca of education, Stanford, out there in California, the uh, head of the neurodiversity uh, project there is Dr. Lawrence Fung. Lawrence, welcome to Different Brains. Thank you, uh, Dr. Reitman. Uh, thank you for inviting. It's quite a privilege uh, to be chatting with you here. Well, the privilege is all mine. And uh, why don't you give yourself a proper introduction? Because I probably messed it up a little bit. So uh, I am uh, a uh, psychiatrist specialized in autism. Uh, I'm uh, currently an uh, assistant professor in the psychiatry department at Stanford, and I direct the Stanford Neurodiversity Project. And most importantly, more important than my academic uh, affiliations is uh, I am the father of a 16-year-old um, brilliant guy, a young man uh, who is on the spectrum. Tell us how you got into psychiatry and into uh, all of these studies. Yeah, so um, it was just about 13 years ago when I was uh, in medical school. Uh, so I, this is my second career. I, I used to be a uh, chemical engineer and the pharmacologist uh, working in the pharmaceutical industry. And then I decided to go to medicine. And uh, during my third year of medical school, that's basically the beginning of the clinical training in medical school, my first patient acted just like my son, who was at the time um, about almost four years old, three three years and maybe ten months old, and uh, at that time I know that I have been uh, going through the denial phase of um, uh, of accepting that my son is different, and then uh, my wife and I decided that we should uh, really understand how to help our son, and we got him to be seen by uh, several practitioners around the area. I was uh, uh, in training in Washington, D.C. at that time. And uh, and four out of the five uh, providers told us that uh, he's on the spectrum. Um, so after that, basically, I told myself if I'm going to be doing anything that's going to be helpful for uh, patients, may as well help my son. So. I uh, basically threw out my idea of becoming a cancer doctor and uh, became a psychiatrist. And then after that, uh, everything's uh, in the in the right path, and I, f I feel really good. Uh, and I got into research um, in uh, the field of autism, um, start, starting from there. And then I came to Stanford for my uh, clinical training and then stay on as faculty member here. And I so admire your out-of-the-box thinking approach to autism 
And uh, tell us how you approach it differently from the way you found it when you first started getting into autism. Yes, when I first got into the field, I my mind was, um, remember I told you that I, I thought I would become a cancer doctor before I became a psychiatrist. So uh, I thought the logical way is to understand the biology and then uh, treat the biology uh, the, the pathophysiology, basically the abnormal uh, uh, behaviors as such after you understand the biology. And very quickly, I came to the conclusion that uh, autism is a very heterogeneous condition. There are, if you uh, have met one person with autism, you've met one person in, uh, with autism, and there are millions of people just in this country uh, who's on the spectrum. So uh, if you look at the genetic component, 50% of, uh, of the cases are have a genetic component at least. And uh, there are over a thousand genes associated with autism. There's uh, about a hundred genes or more strongly associated with autism. So um, to understand the biology is very, very daunting and to uh, get the treatment to be suitable for that biology is even more daunting. So um, basically, I told myself I should be uh, trying to look for themes, and uh, I look into uh, understanding the biology using the idea of uh, excitation, inhibition, imbalance in the brain, and that got me uh, uh, some traction, and uh, I study the imaging uh, using molecular imaging approaches, and um, and then I thought that this will be the the way to go, and uh, and then the last few years, what I found is that even that is not fast enough. I I and I I saw the examples that. Uh, people that work in uh, now uh, SAP uh, and other companies that have autism at work program, and uh, and I I saw them as uh, people that uh, that are in this autism at work program blossoming uh, in the companies um, that uh, and they are doing great work. Uh, before that, they were not even given a chance. So I thought this is really something that can really help people uh, like my son uh, to basically give them opportunity to build their identity based on their strengths and interests rather than their um, diagnosis. So uh, basically about uh, two and a half years ago, we started this um, special interest group for neurodiversity and uh, now uh, we have um, over 375 people on our distribution list. And um, there are a lot of people very interested in this, uh, interested in the strength-based model instead of the typical traditional model that in uh, medicine that we have been using. So this is the out-of-the-box thing that you're talking about, that we are no longer... Uh, Find, trying to find 
what's wrong. We are try trying to find the strengths and interests and, and try to uh, really uh, help neurodiverse individuals build their identity based on their uh, strengths and interests. And, uh, and using this methodology, we are building programs. We have a neurodiverse student support program that we just launched uh, last summer. Now uh, the neurodiverse students at Stanford have uh, comprehensive support um, in all sorts of different ways in, in terms of transitioning to college, uh, their social life, their independent living skills. We have we train peer mentors to help these uh, neurodiverse students. We also have uh, support for them in terms of learning uh, their um, accommodations, if they need accommodations, the career development, uh, their mental health. So uh, we, we get referrals for them uh, so that they get all the uh, components that are important in their development during uh, their college years. And then uh, we have this uh, neurodiversity at work program that uh, we started. And uh, now we have uh, an, an individual uh, on the spectrum working in the School of Medicine here and collaborating with the IT group. There are uh, a couple more uh, individuals on the spectrum working in the IT department. And more recently, we got a grant from Autism Speaks and now we are uh, going to be uh, charged to facilitate the hiring of 80 people on the autism spectrum. And yeah, we are going to be uh, trying to not only get them hired, we are also going to be supporting them in, uh, the, in their workplace uh, and not only supporting the neurodiverse individuals, we also support the, uh, the employers as well as the co-workers. Well, that is so admirable. And you've, on so many levels, well, first of all, you've taken what uh, Lord Kelvin said, that when you can measure something, then you know something about it. So you've introduced some of the objective data into it. Now, your lab um, works in sync with some of the other labs at Stanford overall in this. Uh, how, for instance, does your lab work in conjunction with uh, Dr. Karen Parker there at Stanford? Yes, so uh, we collaborate in uh, different projects. Uh, she is a, um, a very established uh, investigator on uh, the uh, oxytocin biology and uh, vasopressin uh, biology. What uh, she has found is uh, the use of vasopressin as an agent uh, that uh, can be nasally administered and uh, and in a small relatively small study uh, she has found that um, there there is improvement in social interactions uh, in in the in kids with autism and I am uh, very privilege to be part of that study as a co-investigator. So, um, so she, she is uh, really uh, spearheading that effort together with uh, Dr. Antonio Hardin. 
and uh, I'm helping uh, both of them. I was once on a panel with um, Jose Velasquez, the global leader of SAP, and he said, this is not a, uh, a social welfare project. This improves our bottom line. Mm -hmm. And this goes exactly in sync with your thoughts on harnessing the strengths, maximizing the individual's potential, and utilizing that for the greater good and for a mutually beneficial relationship. Absolutely. So what we uh, believe is that uh, individuals on the spectrum have uh, a lot of innovative thinking. They think out of the box a lot. And uh, that makes them different in their thinking. And uh, a lot of the time, they have the tendency to look at the details that people miss. Um, a lot of people tend to look at big picture, but uh, the style for individuals on the spectrum is they look at the details first. So uh, when you're uh, trying to look for the details first, rather than the big picture, you have a very different perspective. So uh, people that are on the spectrum working in companies like SAP, they have uh, examples now that uh, have uh, been published in Harvard Business Review, documenting um, people, a, a person on the spectrum saving $40 million for SAP. And um, this is a paper by uh, Rob Austin and Pisano. Um, and uh, more recently, uh, uh, Jose Velasco told me that in uh, a uh, kind of like a competition in within their organization for innovation, the top prize went to uh, the person on the autism spectrum. So uh, that's very, very inspiring. I told him that that should be uh, that news should be spread to all everyone in our field and beyond. Tell us a bit about your upcoming Stanford Neurodiversity Summit. Is on March. 14th, 2020. The location is at the uh, medical school, the Lee Kashin Center. So uh, what we are aiming um, is uh, to provide uh, a lot of opportunities for neurodiverse job seekers. So uh, we anticipate the, the conference to be, have just about 400 people and about one half of them will be job seekers. And this conference will be very different. Uh, we are not, uh, so uh, in addition to the job seekers, one half of the uh, audience will be employers, as well as the professionals, the parents, the students that are interested in the neurodiversity uh, initiatives. So um, in, the after, in the morning, we'll have talks um, that will be um, mainly focus on employment issues. And uh, we have a, a very good academic panel. And then uh, after that, we have a, uh, about six uh, individuals in the industry who are leaders in their Autism at Work program to be uh, talking about uh, their uh, successes in the neurodiversity uh, at work initiatives. And uh, we will also have uh, several neurodiverse 
employees who are successful in uh, at their workplace, they are able to uh, to to uh, overcome their challenges and find very good jobs, and they are working in their companies and uh, being uh, very productive members in their organizations, and they will share their stories. In the afternoon, uh, we'll have a job fair and a reverse job fair. So people know about um, job fair in general. Reverse job fair is uh, basically uh, putting the, uh, the spotlight um, more uh, to the neurodiverse job seekers. So instead of the um, employers talking about their jobs and uh, talking about their company, it's really about the neurodiverse job seeker talking about their uh, qualifications and why they are suitable for the jobs that they are applying for. We are going to be making it as accessible as possible. So we notice that in typical job fairs is in a big room is very overwhelming experience for neurodiverse individuals. So it's overwhelming even for neurotypical people because a lot of people are talking all at the same time in a big room with a lot of people. So uh, what we are trying to do is to uh, create uh, stations in both job fair and reverse job fair. So uh, the employers and the uh, job seekers are going to be in small groups. We'll create the environment with uh, stations, with headphones, and so uh, individuals um, on the spectrum, uh, as job seekers, they they would hear uh, their present uh, hear presentations from the employers and uh, and for the job fair and in the reverse job fair, the job the job seeker can present their uh, uh, their, their can deliver their presentation. It's win win. The employers will get some great employees and the neurodivergent individual will find a good job. Exactly. And um, we also will have um, breakout sessions concurrent to the job fair and reverse job fair for those uh, individuals that are not job seekers. So if uh, you are a student interested in neurodiversity or neurodiverse student yourself or a parent or um, someone, some professional that's interested in neurodiversity, there are uh, breakout sessions for all of those uh, individuals. So uh, we have a session for K through 12 um, uh, issues, one session for college uh, uh, students, and one session for mental health. And also we have a session focused on uh, teaching neurodiverse individuals on various job skills. Well, certainly the, uh, the job skills, the interview, to get by the interview is a major hurdle, first of all, too. And uh, I've seen some of the virtual reality training for interviews. Uh, for instance, they have at the Dan Marino Foundation down here to prepare for the interviews. But many of the companies I'm glad to see are getting away from the standard interview for our neurodivergent individuals. Yes. Yeah, so what we are also trying to do in our program is um, to 
make sure that the uh, interaction between employer and the uh, candidate are focused on what matters. So really, what matters is the technical aspect a lot of the time. So uh, what we encourage the uh, employers to do is to uh, really change their job posting so that it's going to be focused on what's really uh, some uh, technical requirements that they need for the uh, for the employee to uh, to work on, and uh, in turn, for the uh, job seeker or the candidate. We, uh, we tell them that uh, this is going to be the focus and we train the, uh, the managers and the co-workers to interview the uh, individuals to focus on uh, all of that instead of uh, using open-ended questions like tell me about yourself, tell me about uh, your five-year plan and tell me about your strengths and weaknesses and all that. So all of those open-ended questions are banned. And then uh, they are going to be focusing on the questions that are really about the match. Uh, does the neurodiverse candidate have the qualities that can uh, do the job? That's basically how we are uh, trying to educate the, uh, the employers to, to, to do. And also we um, negotiate with the employers on how the accommodated interview can look like. And in the past, what we have uh, tried doing is to get the employers to give the questions to the candidates ahead of time before the interview and so that they have preparation. And uh, in turn, the candidate also give the employers and the co-workers the questions ahead of time. So there is reciprocity. So, yeah, so this way we uh, successfully got people hired and, uh, and people that are uh, heading uh, in initially as an intern, uh, now they're offered the full-time positions. So, um, so definitely the accommodated interview um, is uh, working. The, the, the new hiring process for neurodiverse individuals um, is, is working. Nicely done. Nicely done. Lawrence, how can our audience learn more about you and your work? Yeah, so uh, what you can uh, do is uh, for Stanford Neurodiversity Project related work, you can Google Stanford Neurodiversity and then you will go right to the, uh, the page for um, Stanford Neurodiversity Project. And uh, there are several different um, pro uh, programs that we are uh, running right now. And uh, it's fairly self-explanatory uh, at the top of the, of the website. So if you're uh, interested in student support, is there. The Neurodiversity at Work program is there. If you're uh, uh, interested in the conference, uh, at the top right-hand corner, there is a a button for Neurodiversity Celebration Week. You click there and then you uh, get to the page for the uh, Stanford Neurodiversity Summit and then you can register through there. Um, so that's for the Stanford Neurodiversity Project. For people that are interested in uh, my work, 
more on understanding the um, biology of uh, of autism and the um, other interventions that we are trying to uh, invent and so forth. Um, you can Google uh, phone lab, Stanford. Uh, you should be able to find uh, our lab page uh, pretty easily. Lawrence, is there anything we have not covered that you'd like to cover today? Um, well, what I uh, want to say is uh, neurodiversity is really um, for everyone. And uh, everyone has, uh, has something that's different about them. And the, the uniqueness of each individual has to be celebrated. So um, the more that we think that way, the, the more potential each and every one of us um, will be um, able to uh, achieve more. And for the society, it's going to be um, better. Uh, we, the, uh, more people are going to be meeting their full potential. So we do need uh, culture change. So we need everyone to be um, taking a little bit of a different step, maybe, to uh, get this going. So this is a, uh, a movement that will be helpful, will be uh, helpful for everyone. So if everyone chips in a little bit, the movement is going to be going faster than uh, the the old movements uh, that um, uh, have been going on for uh, a, a little while. So uh, I encourage uh, as practically everyone to, th to, to think about uh, neurodiversity, and especially if you are in a position uh, of power that can change environment, think about spreading the word at your level, because uh, if you are in leadership positions, you have um, the responsibility to make a better environment for the people around you. So um, so this, this is additional thing that I want to say. Well, that's a great, great segue to say, Lawrence Fung, the head of the Stanford Neurodiversity Project, we hope you'll come back again to Different Brains. This has been very educational, and we want you to keep up the good work because society needs to understand and embrace neurodiversity for the benefit of all of us. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you so much. Uh, this is uh, quite a, uh, a journey. I, I see myself as a vehicle of this uh, movement, and I'm, I'm just very humbled uh, by uh, being able to be up close to witness uh, this uh, movement. And um, thank you for the opportunity to speak with you, Hacker. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. Thank you very much. We'll see you again real soon, I hope. Thank you. Thank you. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains, Inc. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.org.